Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude and over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Kyle and Aaron and we're back at it together. Yay. I hope you guys enjoys, enjoyed last week's episode with Vernon Family Farm. I was so excited to bring them onto the show because they're just such good people and really trying to do such great things. And it was so funny, Kyle, because Jeremiah was... Um, a little nervous in, in the beginning he's like what do you mean you don't edit this and he was very nervous and then when he opened his mouth it was like doves flew out and I'm like <laughs> you need to be on a podium somewhere that's amazing yeah it was good I hope I hope people learned some things I'm sure they did because um, he had some good stuff to say um, all right before we get into today's show I want to make a couple of announcements because I'm very excited and I'm very lucky that um, two local businesses who I absolutely adore are hosting Fueled and Fit this January. Um, we've got Oceanside Physical Therapy in Stratum, New Hampshire and um, I will be doing that's going to kick off on Saturday, January 6th. I'll be doing a little meet and greet and orientation there. And you'll have access to Dr. Kristen Zames. She's phenomenal. Um, she's a, clearly a, a physical therapist, and she really specializes in pelvic pain. Um, she does a lot with chronic pain. So um, if that is your, your situation or if you've got some autoimmune stuff going on, she's really great with that. I would sign up for that one. And then Three Bridges Yoga my my alma mater, alma mater. Is that, <laughs> how do you say that? I that's just one of those words that I'm just kind of like my album. Oh, we'll I, edit I that know. out. We'll just edit that out. <laughs> edit that um, out. Three Bridges Yoga, where I used to teach yoga. Um, they've invited me in, and I'm very very excited to be with them. Um, the two to the two gals that own that are just lovely, and um, I will be doing teaching a workshop there Sunday, January seventh. It's going to be like a detox workshop, part lecture, part practice. I'm ridiculously excited. I'm in the planning stages right now. I'm like giddy about it. Um, and that, so if you're enrolled in Fueled and Fit, you'll actually get that workshop for free. Um, but it's not open just to Fueled and Fit folks. So anybody that wants to come can can join in on that. And you're going to be busy in January. Busy lady, busy lady. Yeah. Um, all super fun fun stuff that I'm very excited about. So it feels good. Um, okay. So today's episode, um, Kyle, do you have anything you want to throw in there? Nope. Nope. I'm just ready to get into it. Are you sure? You're like, all right, chomping at the bit. <laughs> I, I am. Uh, we're, we're, we've got some excitement about this show. We've also got some trepidation. I think mm -hmm. that's probably fair to say. Okay. Uh, the stuff we're going to get into today, they're questions that 
personally, I've been asked a lot over the past couple of years, and it honestly makes me a little anxious to answer truthfully, um, not because I don't stand behind my beliefs, but because I'm afraid of hurting people's feelings. Um, we have friends that promote these particular companies, and we don't want to burn bridges or hurt feelings. But at the same time, we want to make sure we're doing our jobs and giving clear, sound health advice. I will, I will tell you guys that the, the one time I took a public stance on one of these products, it was on social media, I caught a lot of flack for it uh, from people that I know. And everyone that had something negative to say to me was, was a coach for the particular company. Um, so if you're listening to this and you are affiliated with these products, all we ask is that you try not to take anything we say personally. You know, it's one of the, the four agreements, right? Don't take anything personally, but <laughs> <laughs> easier said than done. Um, what we're doing here is reporting information as we see it. We're not making a personal attack on anybody. Yeah, we really do have a lot of different people in our life using the products. And our intention is not to make people feel like they're making an awful choice for themselves. If you're using these products, you're obviously trying to be healthier. And we want to support and encourage you in that, not make you feel like you're doing it all wrong. But please keep an open mind because this may be the first time that you're hearing the flip side of things, especially if most of your information came directly from the websites or their promotional material. Ultimately, we wouldn't be doing our job if we let our relationships dictate or influence our professional opinions. So just remember they're programs. They're not necessarily lifestyles. And our only goal here is to keep you informed, not to tell you what to do. I like it. Um, so with that said, let's hear, hear the questions. Okay, so Erin from Portland, Maine asks, what are the food fads you disregard versus the fads that actually hold up? I hear info about no-carb diets, intermittent fasting, detoxes, etc. Is there a time and a place for those, or are they not necessary from a health standpoint? Is there a time when a fast might be a good idea? How often should you do a detox? We also got an anonymous question that asked, in the age of Facebook and pyramid marketing, what's your take on Shakeology and Isogenics, etc.? I get attacked on my network to drop the baby weight. Ugh. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot here. Um, and, and there's so much, in fact, that this is actually going to be a two-part episode. So we're not going to be able to dismantle everything in these two questions, but we're going to do our best to pick through. Um, the reason that we lump these two questions together is because we're going to talk about detox in part two. Um, and Isogenics promotes this idea of nutritional cleansing, as well as intermittent fasting, both of which are addressed in the first question. I think people are starting to see those terms on their Facebook feeds more and more, and they're starting to wonder, okay, well, what's this all about? Um, we're asked about these pretty frequently, so it makes sense to talk about it now, especially because tis the season for detox. Um, January 1st is going to roll around, and we just want you guys to have the full scoop and have the information before you decide to spend a lot of money on, on a detox program. First off, I want to say that neither Kyle nor myself have anything against direct sales or multi-level marketing. I think these companies can offer income and empowerment to people, and they're not always sleazy and scammy as they're sometimes made out to be. I mean, I'm a consultant for Beauty Counter after all, and honestly, to be, to be perfectly upfront, my Beauty Counter check has paid my tuition for school, and it allows me to do this podcast. 
So I truly am not knocking direct sales as a whole. I really don't want our underlying message to be overlooked by that misconception that we're out there, that we're out to get direct sales folks because we're not. Um, Having said that, this whole discussion will no doubt rattle some cages But please understand that we don't have a dog in the fight here. We're just responding to listener questions and presenting information as we have it. Um, This information is based on our experience working with hundreds of clients over the years and our education, both conventionally, alternatively, holistically. So we're coming at this from a lot of different angles here. What we're delivering here is not regurgitation of information that one solitary company has fed us. And I think that's a really important note. Um, Dr. Michael Ruscio is a practitioner that I follow, and I read something recently that he wrote. That's why one of my strongest indicators for someone I do not want to learn from or listen to is someone who has a very strong opinion because they are almost always ignorant of the contradictory information, which means they have a narrow view, which means they are narrowly educated, which means that you do not want to learn from them. And that's what you see with some of these companies, even the ones that claim to be based on scientific data. And we'll get into the specifics of that later, but we're they've really got some tunnel vision with the information they're reporting. And of course they do because they're trying to sell a product, right? There's money on the line here. But I just don't think that this is where folks should be getting their nutrition and health information from because it's extremely biased. Yeah. And it's very easy to cherry pick data from a study that you created and funded to show whatever it is you want it to. I that quote really resonates with me so much because it's absolutely 100% true. I see this within dietetics and from doctors and nurses. And I think part of it comes from a place of just wanting the answers to be simple or at the very least solidified rather than always changing and evolving. Because in order to stay up to date with most health topics, it takes work. You have to put energy into questioning the source, the context, the research, reading up on both sides. All of that takes a heck of a lot more time and effort than learning about something and continuing to just regurgitate that same information time after time without ever pausing to make sure if it's even still valid or current or true. It it does. It takes a lot of work and a lot of time. I can can attest to that. And the same is true um, for diets. People just want things to be cut and dry so they don't have to think about it. I mean, Erin and I get that. Absolutely. Um, There will always be somebody preaching their support for whatever approach or product they're talking about, just like there will always be someone preaching about the exact opposite results. This is what makes nutrition such an interesting but often overwhelming topic for people. And it's exactly why we started the podcast in the first place. There's a lot of noise and information out there. But a big part of Erin and I's education was learning how to pick apart a study and figure out what's legit and what's not. So for someone without that education, it can be really hard to look at things objectively, especially when you're reading about something directly off the website that's selling it to you, because their goal is to make things seem black and white and simple. You buy this and this will happen, which is crazy to think about because if things really were that simple, why are there so many people still struggling out there? Right. 
Yeah, good point. Um, there really is no one way to get healthy or or lose weight, and anyone that tells you that is wrong, quite frankly, um, or just uneducated or you know, lacking information. Um, think about the soapbox vegan that we all know and love. Um, I'm sure we've all got one of those on our Facebook feed. Now, I don't I don't think a vegan diet is the most optimal for health long term, but if you're doing it and it works for you, more power to you. To you. I, w- I was a vegetarian for 20 years and vegan through some of that, so I, I feel you. Um, but there came a time in my life when I knew it was no longer serving me and I could have just veganed harder or I, I could have chosen to have some compassion for myself and follow my intuition and add animal products back into my diet, which is what I did. Um, One of the issues with these fad diets is that it doesn't allow space for that self-compassion or intuition. There is no intuitive eating. It's just do as I say. And if it's not working or you're struggling, then do as I say harder. And unfortunately, I do see that with the programs we'll address today. And this is solely based off what I hear from clients who have done these programs. So let's circle back back around to the specific question, um, especially that, that postpartum one. I can speak from experience when I say that postpartum is when you're at your most vulnerable in terms of your body and your emotions and your identity. So it really bums me out that people would actually approach women about losing weight during this time. I'm hoping that I'm misinterpreting the question here, but I do know that getting body back after baby is one way to sell these products. I've certainly seen it many times before. Um, So keep in mind that these programs feed off diet culture. They use before and after photos to sell products. Yeah, and we talked about before and after pictures with our interview with Kendra Gaffney, how triggering they can be for people because essentially a before and after can oftentimes mean here I was before when I was bad and here I am now when I'm good. Now, what we aren't saying here is that you should never share your successes. I realize that seeing before and afters can be triggering for some, but they can also be motivating for other people. And most importantly, the person who posts them is obviously proud of the changes that they made, and we don't want to belittle that. But the catch here lies within the hidden agendas. Is someone posting a before and after photo and sharing their story about how they ditched processed food for real food, started listening to their body, started sleeping better, quit smoking, learned how to manage stress better, etc.? Or are they giving all the credit to a certain product or diet program they followed? Because that's where things get a little hairy. Ultimately, the message people can get from that is that regardless of everything else in your life that makes you and your situation completely unique, if you do what I did, then you'll get the same results I did. And this just feeds into weight cycling and yo-yo dieting, feelings of shame and failure if you don't follow something perfectly, or if you do and you're just not getting the same results as someone else. And like we've mentioned many times before, food is just one piece of the puzzle. So if you're following a detox or a cleanse type program that only talks about food and doesn't address anything else in your lifestyle, I would be cautious to spend any money on that. Yeah. And I mean, do you really think the way out of your food issues is restriction, um, Diets don't teach you anything. They don't teach you how to eat. They teach you how to further restrict. Our metabolisms are damaged from years of chronic dieting. The way to resolve this issue isn't to keep 
dieting. And it just bums me out that men and women think that they need to starve themselves in order to be healthy or to lose weight. So let's take, um, we're going to pick apart these two, these two uh, different products or companies, Isogenics being the first place we'll start. Um, now you, you might know Isogenics, you might not. Um, they're not always advertised by the company's name. Oftentimes you'll see them referred to as this program or nutritional cleansing. That's that they're kind of their the uh, their tagline, I guess. And they're pretty big with with uh, before and after photos. Um, so they make a ton of different products, but I think their sort of hallmark product is their the, this nutritional cleansing program, which is a 30 day program and it costs $400 for the 30 days. And uh, what you get is a ton of supplements. So a lot of stuff in plastic bottles. Um, and you, it's kind of like the whole like slim fast thing, like shake for breakfast, shake for lunch, sensible dinner. Yeah. So you two, yeah, two meals a day, you it's a packet that you mix with water. I, I believe water, maybe almond milk, almond milk or something. I don't know. Um, and then you drink that. So a packet mixed with water is your meal. And that's two meals a day. And then one meal a day, you, um, you kind of like eat clean. And they recommend, I think, like four to 600 calories for that meal. So all in all, on a daily basis, you're getting anywhere between 900 to 1100 calories oh. a day. I know. (laughs) I know. You guys, that is, we're going to talk a little bit about calories later on in the show, but that's just a starvation diet. I mean, no wonder people are dropping weight so quickly. That is a starvation diet, but that can set you up for some long-term damage, like from a fertility perspective, from thyroid function perspective, from adrenal perspective. It's, it's just not great news. Um, on top of that, one day a week, there's something called a cleansing day, and it's basically a fast. So you don't consume any food. You don't consume the protein powder. You do consume um, the this like blend that's an adaptogenic blend, and then you can have these, they call them ISA snacks, and they're like little wafers. They kind of look like Tums, and you can have like six of those a day, which is just like oh the epitome of sadness to me. <laughs> Like wow. if you're hungry, come on, like don't eat Tums, just eat some food. But anyway, um, that's, that's what the program entails. And so it's that one, one day fast is based on this idea of intermittent fasting. And there is a lot of research that says intermittent fasting can be supportive of health, but it is not for everyone and it can actually be, be harmful. And at the end of the show, I'm going to talk more specifically about intermittent fasting. Um, but basically fasting can raise cortisol levels. That's one of your body's stress hormones. So it is a stressor to the body as is under eating. So this is a pretty stressful talking physiologically. It's a pretty stressful program. And it's kind of funny because it's almost like they're admitting that they know this is the case because on those fast days, you take extra adaptogenic herbs. Now adaptogens are herbs and foods that help your body adapt to physical, mental, emotional stress. And I've said it before, and I will say it again, you can't out adaptogen a stressful life or a stressful diet. If your body is starving, adaptogens and supplements won't bring it back to homeostasis. Eating will. So those are those are my two issues out of the gate. Another another issue that I have with it is the cost. So I said it's four hundred dollars um, for the thirty days. One of the obstacles to healthy eating is the cost for many people. I mean, I, I talked about this on the show with the Vernons last week. 
we'll actually be addressing a listener question about healthy eating on a budget um, in the new year. I do advocate for spending some resources on well-raised organic food, but I just can't get behind spending $400 for 30 days of non-food. Um, if you feel that healthy eating is too expensive, then don't buy $130 protein powders and $400 30-day cleanses. Spend that money on food from your local farmer instead. Get connected to your food. Um, you know, I'm, I, again, I'm referring back to that interview that I did with, with Jeremiah and Nicole Vernon, who are farmers. We're losing our connection to food. We're losing our con community through food. And I have to wonder, are we, are we losing connection to our bodies because of this? So many women that I work with come to me and they're just not in touch with their bodies. You know, we've sort of trained ourselves out of it by ignoring our hun hunger cues and ignoring our symptoms. And, um, and this, this takes a long, a long time to sort of rectify. So yeah, I don't know, I, man. I'll also say like the community piece. I mean, what kind of community are you going to have for this 30 days? You, you can't, I mean, like you wouldn't even be, I personally, if I did something like this, I wouldn't even be able to really be around people eating food. So there goes my community for, for the month. I mean, yeah, it would really be point. like all I'd be thinking about. I think they, I think these companies, these companies do have communities and, uh, you know, support built into place. So I think that would probably be your, your support system. I just... I get a little bit weary. Um, and again, this is stuff I've heard from clients. I'm not just like making this up um, when the support is like cheerleading you on to like restrict and like, oh, yeah. if you're hungry, eat carrots. If you're hungry, chew gum. If you're hungry, drink tea, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but the point is, it's just moving away from real food. Uh, health doesn't come from a plastic bottle. Health comes from food grown in the ground. Um, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but we evolved with microbes, man. Um, we got to, we got to get those microbes from real food. Um, okay. So it's a little bit ironic because one of their whole like claim claims is that their, their ingredients are so superior. Um, I've actually heard it marketed as higher than organic, which means <laughs> literally nothing. Um, nope. but they're not even labeled GMO free. And when you go to their website to grab more information, which of course I did, there's a long explanation of why they can't be GMO free. And it's honestly just a bunch of words. Um, when I, when I was researching some of this, I, I did a call out on my personal Facebook page and asked for people's experiences. To, I wanted people to personal to, to message me and tell me about their experiences because I wanted to make sure I was covering all bases. And if people were having positive experiences, I wanted to, you know, obviously call that out. And one friend reached out and she said that she had done this program and it was a little bit of a mind F for her um, because the restriction, you know, the lack of food kind of triggered in her some old stuff um, where she started to feel good and started to feel superior because she was, wasn't eating food, which I think is a very common reaction and response with anybody that has struggled with body image stuff or eating disorder stuff. It's like, when my stomach is empty, I am good. You know, that old mentality comes back. So that's one of the reasons that I really don't recommend a severe calorie restriction or fasting for anyone with a history of eating disorder, no matter how old that is. Because withholding meals can really bring some stuff up to the surface. And drinking a packet of powder 
is not a meal and consuming 900 calories a day is severe calorie restriction. Um, but the funny thing is, is my friend was like, but at least the ingredients are good. <laughs> it's like she's totally buying into what these coaches are telling her and taking their word at face value. Yeah. When you go on the website and read the list of ingredients, it can make your head spin with how many things are listed there. And then also trying to figure out like which, what in each ingredient really is. And then what do you do? Do you fact check it all to make sure each and every ingredient is okay? That's just a lot of work. And when I think about going to the farmer's market and buying amazing real whole foods that support the natural detoxification process in the body and fuel the body. And oftentimes I'm buying it directly from the farmers. This is something I spend my money on because it's essentially a no-brainer and stress-free. I don't have to read a list of ingredients or fact check or wonder about hidden agendas or a product's changing um, their ingredients without my knowledge. It's totally transparent. And that, to me, is worth the money that I spend and then some. Um, not to mention the fact that I've cut out the middleman. I'm buying something directly from the source, knowing that my money is is putting food on that farmer's table rather than going to a huge company whose CEO probably makes a six-figure salary and is someone I'd never be able to ask a question directly to. And about the GMOs, if a health and nutrition company is charging almost $400 for a month's worth of products, then in my opinion, they have absolutely no excuse for not being GMO-free. They don't get to market their products as healthy and nutritious, but then say, nah, we're not really going to deal with the GMOs, while my farmer, with nowhere near the same resources, somehow manages to do just that. Yeah. Amen. Um, so we'll get in, I'm going to get into specific ingredients in case you're looking into these products or you're currently using them because I don't want to just, you know, toss out like a generalization that the ingredients are subpar. Um, so one, uh, is fructose, which is in a lot of their products. Now fructose doesn't naturally occur in nature as free fructose. So we know fructose is, is fruit sugar, right? Um, it, it occurs within fruit and within honey and within the context of a whole food, it's perfectly fine. The issue we run into is when we consume refined or isolated fructose, that's fructose that is derived from another food, most usually corn or beets. But whether or not it's derived from a healthy food is really a moot point because isolated fructose is bad news. And that's what they're using in, in their very expensive products. Um, fructose is metabolized much differently than glucose because it goes straight to your liver. So 100% of the metabolic burden of fructose actually rests on your liver, whereas your liver is only responsible for about 20% of glucose metabolism. So when somebody compares glucose to fructose and is like, oh, sugar, 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 it's all sugar, it's all the same, then they're not telling you the whole story. Um, a diet high in refined fructose is actually linked to, and this is heavily linked to insulin resistance, obesity, high triglycerides, elevated LDL, uh, depletion of vitamins and minerals, and cardiovascular disease. So I, I like noodled around and I wanted to say see what the company had to say about their use of fructose because it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and one quote that I pulled is, 
Cleanse for Life has a little sugar in the form of fructose to help maintain blood sugar control on cleanse days and fuel body systems such as the brain and the nervous system. So again, they're kind of they're kind of going after that sugar is sugar, just a little sugar, just fructose sugar, same, 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 same. Not the same. I already talked about that. And this is actually so silly and dumb because your brain uses glucose. That's what it wants to use for fuel. And in fact, every cell in your body, including your brain, utilizes glucose. And your brain reacts to glucose and fructose very differently. So to say that they're using fructose as a, as a source of fuel for your brain is like so bizarro. Um, fructose is actually more excitatory to the brain which is not what we want when it comes to food because it activates brain reward regions, which makes you hungrier and makes you want more food. The, the amount of fructose in these pro products isn't huge, I'll admit that, but it is in almost all of the products. And these are things that you're consuming every day. Fructose is a very cheap sweetener. That's why it's used so widely. Uh, so I don't understand why a company who promotes quality ingredients and prides themselves on that and charges so much for their products would use such a cheap and unhealthy ingredient. Like I just, it just doesn't make sense in my head. Um, the next, the next ingredient that I take issue with is sunflower oil powder. Ew. Um, I'm not even going to waste my breath on why this is so bad other than it's super inexpensive. It's a rancid oil and I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Uh, you can refer back to our fats and oils podcast. That's episode three for more details on one, why sunflower oil is not a good thing to consume. And then plastics, like we can't overlook the fact that all this stuff is in these junky plastic bottles, which is so counterintuitive to a cleanse in which you're looking to remove toxins from the body. And that's how this program is marketed. They call it nutritional cleansing. Any comprehensive detox should look to remove environmental toxicants and plastics are a major insult. Um, and just, just seeking out BPA-free plastic doesn't cut it, you guys. Uh, there are other endocrine disrupting chemicals found within plastics. So if the bulk of what you're consuming for a full month comes from a plastic bottle, this is a pretty big issue. I mean, there's been studies that show plasticizers found in herbs and spices from plastic bottles. So this stuff is 100% getting into our food. Um, we can't avoid that if we're using, if we're consuming stuff from plastic bottles. Um, and, and like I said, they, Isogenics promotes this idea of nutritional cleansing, but I have yet to see any peer-reviewed studies that look at the toxic load of participants both prior to and after using Isogenics products. So... Um, you would want, it's called allostatic load. It's like how many, like your body burden, how much toxins are in you. So if you're truly cleansing, then you would want to do, you know, look at like what the toxic load of your body is before the program and then after the program. And I have not found any studies that, that showcase this. I poked around quite a bit. Um, and I actually reached out to an isogenics consultant or she reached out to me and, and I didn't really get too many answers. Um, she was very helpful. She referred me to other studies available on the website, but those studies really only looked at weight loss. They didn't look at reduced toxic burden. And the study that she pointed to was actually funded by Isogenics, which is just something you want to be conscientious of if you are citing um, resources or if you are citing studies, like who funded the product, because that can certainly skew 
skew their results. Um, so they, they claim to be nutritional cleansing, right? But it's really just a weight loss program. And just losing weight does not necessarily rid the body of toxins. Many toxins are lipophilic, which means that they're, they're stored in the fat cells. So every time there's a significant loss of weight, adipose tissue releases toxins. So the fat cells let go of toxins. If your detoxification isn't working properly, this could actually contribute to a greater toxic load for your body. So I'll let that sink in because that's pretty major. And again, we're going to we're going to talk about this more in depth in our next show. But um, Kyle and I actually learned pretty recently um, from one of the detoxification experts in the functional medicine world. And she pointed out that there are certain populations of people at greater risk for high toxic load. And those who are losing weight are actually one of them. This is especially true for chronic dieters or roller coaster dieters. So if you fall into this camp, like if you've been sort of on and off in diet your whole life, I really wouldn't recommend fast weight loss unless you know for sure that your liver and your adrenals and your gut are working properly as, as you can essentially bombard your body with more toxins that, that it's even able to rid itself of. Um, my, my sort of final point here in my, my, maybe even my biggest issue with, with, with these programs is that you're getting your guidance and your health information from an unqualified person. Reading through literature written by a company that is selling a product is not the same thing as education. Average people are being put in the position of being a health expert, and that's a scary thing. Um, We talked before about before and after photos and how harmful those can be for some people. But another issue I see is just because someone looks the way you want to look does not mean they are qualified to get you there. What's happening here is that someone does a program for three or four weeks or even a couple of months and they get good results and then they start selling the product because it worked for them. The thing is, any type of major food or diet adjustment will change your body at first. It just will. It's just how how your body works. But how sustainable is it? How do you feel when you're on this program for six months or a year? Uh, For example, one study showed that people who lost 10% of their body weight 80% of them gained it back in a year. So that is the vast majority. So what causes people to regain the weight? Is it habit? Is it hormones? Is it compensatory hunger or fatigue? Basically, your body fighting back against a low-calorie diet. These programs don't require that you dig deeper to get these answers. And, And that's really the thing that's overlooked here. Just because you got good results on a program for a month does not now make you an expert to start leading others through a major dietary intervention. And so... I'm not just targeting isogenics here. I'm, you know, there's other companies doing the same exact thing, but just understand that weight loss is not always synonymous with health. I know we've talked about this before, but what someone looks like on the outside doesn't always showcase what's going on internally. Um, so I would say my ultimate verdict for isogenics is to skip it. Really anything that requires you to take supplements instead of eat food should raise a red flag. But I also want to say that if after listening to this, you still want to do it, that's okay. That does not make you a failure. We believe in informed consent. And if you have all the information laid out and you still choose to do it, cool. That's your decision. It really takes a lot to override the messages of diet culture, the belief that we're not okay, that we need fixing. 
And when we're constantly bombarded by these messages and we're constantly faced with before and after photos affirming that this is the way out, this is the way to fix yourself, well, of course we want to do it. It's not bad to want the easy way out. You're not bad for wanting the quick fix. Many of us still feel that our bodies are the vehicles to fix ourselves and that weight loss is the journey. And sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom for some of us. I'm like raising my hand as I say this to understand that the deeper work is diving into ourselves and that our bodies have nothing to do with it. Whether it's your weight or even a chronic illness, remember that the real work is is diving into ourselves. This um it has everything to do with figuring out our belief systems, examining our wounds, and forgiving ourselves for whatever we find. Yeah. Amen. That was great. Um, on to the next. On to the next. Okay. Beachbody, Shakeology, 21-day fix, three-day reset. You get the idea. So the 21-day fix, we'll start there, is a plan using Shakeology drinks and portion control containers. You use their calculator to find out how many calories to eat, and then the plan will tell you how many servings of each of the containers that you should have. So a green container is for veggies, so your plan could say fill this container up three times, three times a day, or something like that. Each container is a different size, and it's meant for a different food group. So they have fruit, veggies, oils, protein, carbs, and healthy fats, which at least they specify healthy fats. Yeah, I'm um, not a fan of the plastic containers because we've already talked about that. And it's, you know, they, they promote the idea that, like, you're not counting calories, you're just eating real food which is cool, uh, but you are you are counting calories because you're weighing and you're portioning out your food, and that is just like a way to count calories. So um, I'm also not a fan of the title. I think it's just sort of diet culture at its best. You need to be fixed. Your body needs to be fixed. I really hate the title too, as if you need to like clean up your act before you even think of stepping on a beach and enjoying yourself. That beach body better be ready. <laughs> I also hate hate the 21 day fix title oh cool just 21 days and i'm fixed it's amazing <laughs> it's just gross marketing and it's meant to talk directly to someone's negative internal voices yeah um but at least it is more based around foods than isogenics um yes. but it is still still a restriction model um so i went to their site and i punched in my weight which is 145 because uh, I wanted to figure out what my caloric intake would be on the program if weight loss was my goal. And it told me 1,200 calories. Now, 1,200 calories is a starvation diet. Um, I really consider anything under 1,500 calories to be too low to support optimal health. But the fact that it's this low, plus you're expected to exercise every day, because exercise, I don't know, did you mention this? Exercise is a part of the 21-day fix. You are you have workouts that you're doing every single day. Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I feel like all aspects of my life would be so hugely impacted if I tried restricting myself to 1,200 calories a day. So Erin and I are not short. Um, so that's also worth mentioning. Uh, there are some people that are just really like, you know, shorty shorts. And, and so the calories are a little bit different for that. But, um, uh, you know, the majority of people, 1,200 calories is just way, way too low. And 
truly like for me all my relationships would suffer my friendships my social life my ability to get things done at my job 1200 calories to me and a lot of other people would mean all I do is think about food and depriving myself and really the only way I could ever eat that little is like what I said with the isogenics is if I totally isolated myself and that right there taking away your community your social life the enjoyment out of food and then following some food plan based on restriction can just create more stress and more of a toxic burden than any detox program is going to even be able to help you with and if it's that hard to follow then it's it's counterproductive yeah unfortunately i don't even think 1200 calories a day is hard to follow for some women who are so used to dieting because we sort of all have that 1200 calorie a day myth stamped on our brains um I've actually heard from people that it felt like they were eating way more food than they were used to when they did the 21-day fix, which just goes to show how conditioned we are to undereat. And then we wonder why our periods are irregular or why we're having thyroid issues. Um, you know, you will, will, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was going to say you and me. And then I'm like, should I say Kyle? Who am I talking to here? I'm just talking into a microphone. <laughs> I don't even know who's on the end. So we're going to tackle this um, in an episode pretty soon because I do want to talk more specifically about calories. But in the meantime, if you have questions about it, check out my blog, How Many Calories Do You Really Need? I'll link to it in the show notes. And this is where I explain what happens if you do adhere to a 1200 calorie a day plan long term. Yeah. Um, So I found a calculator on their website and entered in my height and weight and selected what they call moderate active lifestyle. Then they have everyone who wants to lose weight, which I feel like is anyone who's doing this in the first place, um, subtract 500 calories from that number, as long as the final number doesn't go under 12, um, 1,200. Mine did, so I would round up to 1,200 calories a day. When I tried their calculation for highly active, so if I was doing more of their intense workouts, it still only went up to 1250. Whoa, for high intensity? For high intensity. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what calculator they're using to come up with these numbers. So um, I used what we use at work, um, recommended in dietetics. And with my lifestyle... And subtracting the same 500 calories they did, I'm a solid 200 calories more than what they're telling me to do. And that does not include me exercising. That is just normal activities of daily living plus a 500 calorie deficit. So if I had included exercise, then they would be, my calories would be higher than that. So when I talk to patients about weight loss, I always take into consideration how realistic the recommendations are going to be for them. For example, if someone enjoys working out and they have no problem fitting that into their lifestyle, then I would absolutely just focus on real food to start and encourage them to continue their active lifestyle. Or if someone hated working out and I knew it was going to be a challenge for them just to walk 20 minutes a day, then I would focus more on the food, knowing that the exercise piece is going to be slow going. But when you take the full 500 from someone's diet, 
diet alone, which is basically a meal's worth, and then you tack on exercise, even some high intensity exercise, that's a lot to me, especially if you're making all these changes at once. And, and I don't know if I said this, but the reason why I keep saying 500 is so a 500 calorie deficit a day is equal to a pound a week. So, um, so yeah, when you make all these changes at once, I mean, you're going to feel a 500 calorie difference from your diet. That That's a lot. Um, of course, you're going to lose weight on that. But is this a lifestyle that you can actually maintain without feeling deprived or run down? I don't know. I'm going to just um, jump in here because everything yeah. you just said is based on um, calories being an exact science, which it is very much so exactly. not. So there are many approaches to take here. And we're going to, we're going to, again, get into this in another episode. But I just first want to say that I don't even, I do not use calculators. I do not crunch calories. I never do that with my clients because I don't adhere to, um, the, the calories in versus calories out model. And I'm pretty excited to explain why in an upcoming episode, but just know that there are many different, um, philosophies around this. But the reason we're talking so much about calories in this episode is because these, these two programs are, are significantly restrictive on calories. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even though I'm in a hospital setting, um, which is very different from outpatient, I have never once been like, here's how many calories you need to eat to somebody. I just feel like they'd be like, seriously, I'm in here to get my appendix out. Like, leave, <laughs> leave my room. Um, anyways, I also checked out their, they had a sample of a meal prep for one week and the shopping list was, was actually pretty long for just one person. So I wonder how much that costs, but then you have to factor in the $30 a week that you're spending on the shakes. Um, and what I didn't like is at least based on the information that I saw, there wasn't any guidance on quality. And maybe that maybe this is included in the material that you get once you've actually paid for the program. No, but it's, it's see, not. It's, it's not. No. Okay, great. No mention of organic, non-GMO, grass-fed, humanely raised, none of that. While there are some people that really can't afford some organic items, I would say that if you're able to shell out 130 bucks a month for shakes, then you can redirect that money towards buying more quality real food items and not bother with the shakes. You know, your experience probably depends on the coach that you get. So if you have a coach that's really, really into real food and food sourcing, then they might talk to you more about yeah. that. But remember that these coaches are not health experts. There's no certification program. You can essentially just buy into this company and call yourself a, a coach. And I already explained why that can be an issue. But I do think that the coach that you get dictates the culture. Um, people have told me that the support group they're a part of just sort of reinforces the restriction. I kind of mentioned this earlier, like just eat carrots, just just eat some gum versus God forbid actually honoring your hunger. But I also have a friend who is a Beachbody coach, and she told me that she encourages people to bump up a calorie bracket if they're feeling hungry, which is, you know, obviously a, a good message. Like if you're hungry, then eat more food. Like I can I can get behind that. But we had somebody say to us that um, their a, a family member is is doing this um, program, and she feels great, and then not so great, and kind of like waffles. But her 
her coach told her that the reason she isn't feeling well is because she's detoxing and that feeling awful is a good thing. So, which is (laughs) not true, FYI, but, um, so it really kind of depends on who you have running, running the show, probably what your experience is going to be. Um, Yeah. So I, I have I have somebody in mind who is a beach body coach and I I think it's safe to say that she's she's definitely sticking to quality real food. But again, I mean like one out of how many are doing that, I don't know. Right. Um do you wanna how do you feel about like the weighing and the portioning? Because I mean you were talking about calories before. To me, like putting your food in a container is moving very far away from intuitive eating. Yeah, I mean, you might as well just be weighing it on a scale. So, I mean, just think of that. You're, it's just pick your poison. Um, I don't think that learning about portion sizes is necessarily a bad thing in our country where food is supersized and a lot of portions and restaurants are enormous. So depending on the place that you're starting out at, if you usually eat out a lot, you might really have no idea what a portion size looks like. But the thing with portion sizes is is that they're used as a guideline, not a hard rule. Better long-term skills to teach someone would be how to listen to their body, how to tell if they're hungry or thirsty, how to have patience around food, how to learn how to take your time with meals and make them enjoyable. These are the skills that you can take anywhere and always use rather than depending on these plastic containers to measure and put your food in, which, as we've mentioned, just makes no sense on a detox, a cleanse, or a reset, whatever you want to call it. If you're talking about making someone healthier, having them keep all their food for the day in plastic containers shouldn't really be a part of that process. Same thing with the plastic tumblers that people use for the shakes. Also oh my red- god, the plastic tumbler, yeah, the tumblers. Plastic, I know. Kill me. Well, it's because it's like I'm so busy. I, I, I'm so busy. I can't sit down and eat a meal. I gotta take this on the go. And again, I'm not just attacking Beachbody here because every company has plastic containers. I'm just like, give it a rest. People just yeah. sit down and eat a freaking meal. Yeah, and I get that. I mean, like I. I have my smoothie in the morning and I always have it in the car and I have to like your cereal in the car. (laughs) I've moved on from that, Erin. But like I have to use a spoon just to slow down. And I mean, I really have to make like an effort to do that. Um, Also, I read the guidelines around the portion containers and it just really bums me out to see that greens and vegetables are limited on these plans, even when Weight Watchers has those foods as free foods. What? And I didn't know that that was well, the case. So I I don't know if there's like some extra kind of verbiage in there where even though your plan will say fill up the green container three times and do that three times a day if there's something else that is just kind of like if you want more of the green container you can have that I don't know Um, but from what I saw that's that's what I saw from the plan and given that Americans don't eat enough greens and vegetables in the first place, any plan that limits them in any way just doesn't sit well with me. So, you know, they um their their fat containers are wicked small. I've seen those in in person. They're very small. I remember being like, oh, I don't have a I have an issue with this because, I mean, obviously you need to cut fat if you're going to drastically slash the calories like that. But I'm like, oh, my hormones are so unhappy just looking at that little container. So it's a yeah. pretty low low fat diet as well. Just to know that. 
yeah, my my avocado portions are probably not going to fit in that container. What, like a whole avocado <laughs> smashed in? What? Why is it fitting? <laughs> they also have this uh, three-week reset program that excludes dairy and animal protein for the first week. Then you go fully vegan for the second week. And then you're eating mostly just fruits and vegetables for the third week, all while taking increasing amounts of their supplements and powders. The complete kit uh, for the reset costs 200 I just don't like the idea of someone diving into a program like this that relies heavily on restriction and supplements and powders because I wonder what kind of long-term skills you're really going to take away from any of that. Like, What skills does this teach you when you go off the program and go back to eating you know, your normal diet or whatever? Do you end up thinking that every time you need to reset your body, you have to shell out uh, 200 bucks to do it? I don't know. Um, and we've said this before, but I'll say it again. Erin and I don't support programs that only look at food and exercise and don't look at all the other sources of toxins and stress in someone's life, both of which can cause the issues that someone's hoping these diets will solve. Yeah, we always go after diet because it's the low-hanging fruit, but it's... Yeah, it's the easy thing to tweak. Changing your lifestyle, not so easy. Um, I will say that I've had some folks tell me that they've had a positive, exper- positive experience um, with, with 21 Day Fix because they kind of used it as training wheels um, mm. for like how to build a plate, which is 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 cool. And I get that. But I remember that if they're restricting veggie matter and they're restricting fat, um, Maybe they're not really teaching you exactly how you should build a plate. Um, it sounds a little bit like food pyramid to me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just keep that in mind. And then the cost. Yeah. I mean, 130 bucks a month. That's that's a lot of money for a protein powder. Um, let's let's look at the ingredients to see if it warrants the cost. Um, there's two different kinds. There's a whey protein based and then there's a vegan because whey protein is derived from dairy, so it wouldn't be a vegan source of protein. Um, so the whey version, their, their original version, the whey protein isn't organic or grass-fed. And I'm just going to refer you back to our dairy episode to learn more about dairy and our stance on that and why organic and grass-fed is a good thing to do for dairy. I have a hard time rationalizing that high price tag for inferior dairy. Um, you can... Is your phone ringing? (laughs) Hurry up, Erin. Everyone is listening. Everyone's judging, pointing. I just broke a sweat. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Um, Okay. My phone wasn't turned off. Big mistake. Huge. I will never do that again. (laughs) Hashtag regrets. Okay. So where was I? Oh, okay. So grass-fed dairy, right? That's what I was talking about. Um, Yep. I just don't, how do you come up with such a high price tag for protein powder if you're not even using organic grass-fed whey? I mean, it's not that much more expensive. You can get a nice, clean, grass-fed organic whey protein for much, much cheaper. Um, and then it's it's super weird because it's actually mixed with pea, chia, flax, quinoa, uh, which is kind of funny because pea protein isn't as bioavailable to the body as whey protein. So it's just like an odd choice um, from a, a a biochemical standpoint. Um, but I assume that it's just to make a less expensive product on the manufacturer's end. I don't know why else they would add pea protein to whey protein un- unless you just want to cut a more expensive product. Um, and then the vegan option uses a combo of pea, oat, chia, rice, flax, and quinoa, 
which sounds totally fine. Um, but I do want to point out here that you have to be careful with rice protein, um, from any source, not just Beachbody as it can be high in arsenic. Um, and I'm not sure if Beachbody tests their powders for arsenic, but if not, I would actually avoid it for that reason because rice protein powders can be pretty high in arsenic, which is a, uh, a toxic heavy metal. Um, actually, Kyle, we just learned, learned from, um, that lady that I was talking about and she, and she said to absolutely stay away from rice protein. Um, so that's kind of interesting that she reinforced what we were, what we're saying here. Um, and their, their products, same thing that we were talking about with isogenic stuff, their products aren't labeled organic. And I went to the website to look for reasons why I just kind of found some BS answer. Um, this is from their website. So we decided to focus on making sure the quality and integrity of the product lives up to the promise without asking you to pay the premium it would cost for us to say it with a stamp of approval from a certification lab. Um, I kind of consider $130 for a protein powder a premium. So I don't even, um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but if smaller companies like Navitas Naturals, for example, can figure out the organic labeling, then I feel like Beachbody should be able to to, to figure out as well. Yeah. If farms <laughs> can do it, like if farms, small farms can do it, Beachbody can. Well, I mean, it's there's a lot more loops to jump through or hoops to jump through because sure, there's sure. so many ingredients in these products. So but I make it, it a priority, but make it a priority. If you're going to charge buco bucks. Yeah. What does that even mean? Where did that I term know, come but from? I like that. You fit it in somehow. I slipped it in. All right. So, um, so there's other, like I said, there's a lot of ingredients added to the mix. Um, there's an antioxidant blend, a green blend, adaptogen blend. This is all going into Shakeology. And honestly, I'm a fan of all of these things. Um, and their, their marketing, their marketing of this product is, is like, well, it would cost way more than $130 a month to buy all of these ingredients individually. Right. And that's, that's probably true. But the real question is, do you have to buy all of those? Um, we're kind of more fans of targeted supplementation and that's like getting supplements for a specific reason versus just taking all the things all the time. Um, and this can be an issue, the whole, like taking all the things all the time for some folks that we tend to see in that have autoimmune issues or thyroid problems, Hashimoto's, joint aches, gut issues, eczema, chronic pain, food sensitivities. Because these these folks are really trying to suss out what foods might be contributing to their issues. So a product like this that has a ton of ingredients might not be the best bet for this population simply because they might not know what they're having a negative reaction to. Is it the grains? Is it the ashwagandha? Because that's a nightshade. Is it the pea protein? Whatever. But on the flip side of that same coin, I have had clients tell me that they feel great taking this. So if you're taking it and you and it feel awesome, and then you stop taking it and you don't feel awesome, then keep on keeping on. Maybe for you, it does warrant the price tag. Um, I kind of wonder if it's the adaptogens that make people feel so good because remember adaptogens are those herbs that that help the body adapt to stress and if that's the case if it is the adaptogens then what really needs to happen is an evaluation of your relationship to stress it's not take more adaptogens it's like figure out where the stress is coming from in the first place so um i just want to shout out some other if you're if you're currently taking shakeology and it just feels really expensive to you or you'd like to look for a comparable product um some other alternatives for 
for a vegan protein powder would be Vega, V-E-G-A. That's a pretty great brand. Um, uh, there's a practitioner brand, Thorn, and it's called, I'm going to link to all these in the show notes, but it's called uh, MediPro Plus, I believe, and that's $75 for 30 days. So it's still an expensive product. Again, it's a practitioner line, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a lot less than Shakeology. And then if you're looking for a good clean whey protein, SFH Fuel Whey Protein is, is a good, it's, these are organic and grass fed. Um, that's 50 bucks for 30 days. Naked Way, that's what we buy. Um, I don't consume it, but my husband does. And that's $85 for a two-month supply. So like what, 40 bucks for 40 bucks for a month. And then Vital Proteins also does a whey. And then what, so if you're just going to get like a one clean protein powder um, and then you want to add like a superfood powder to it, Amazing Grass Green Superfood Antioxidant Fiber Um is, is a, is a great one. So it's a green blend. It has, um, some berries in it, has fiber, has prebiotics, and that's 20 bucks for 30 days. So there's definitely more affordable ways to approach this. Um, that company, Amazing Grass actually makes their own vegan protein powder. I think it's new. So you could check that out too. So anyway, you could just try these out and, and see how you feel. Um, for one of the pros, um, cause we don't have just, you know, bad things to say. Um, I've heard such great things about their workouts. I have not tried any, but from what I've heard from friends of mine, they're pretty fun and definitely get people sweating. So I think that's really great. Yeah, I've, I've heard that from a lot of folks. Uh, people are, are really stoked on the workouts. I've actually had clients tell me that they did the 21-day fix and just ignored the food stuff but focused on the work workouts. Um, and you can buy the workouts without having to do any of their take any of their food recommendations like Scott this is like years ago before Hattie was even born um what is it I can't remember what it. it's one of them um shoot now I it's one of their like big workout workouts and he really liked it um and you know he didn't have to go down the rabbit hole of like weighing and portioning his food he just did like killer workouts so um we definitely recommend those workouts um so yeah yeah that's a good idea um so Erin asked about fasting in her question. So what's your take on that there? All right. So this is, I could talk about this for like an hour. So I'm going to, we're like at an hour for the show right now. So I'm going to yeah. try to close out. Stay with us. I know, <laughs> pretty quickly. But um, intermittent fasting is basically time restricted feeding. So you have a certain feeding window. Um, Isogenics does a full 24 hour fast. So you, you know, from dinner, it's probably longer than 24 hours because it's dinner one day all the way through breakfast, wow. you know, two days later. So it would be, it would probably be like a 36 hour fast, but you can do, you can do shorter fasts. Um, you know, if you stop eating dinner at 6 PM and then you ate breakfast at 6 AM, that would be considered a 12 hour fast. So it's basically just closing the window of time that you eat. Um, that's really what, what it all boils down to. And from an evolutionary standpoint, this makes a lot of sense because we historically, we didn't have food all the time. Like we weren't snacking all the time. We had to procure that food. So it makes sense that we should be able to go long periods of time without eating. Um, but you have to keep in mind that we're living in a very different environment now. Our stressors are much greater than they once were. Our toxin load is much higher. Food is very different. So it might not work. Um, you know, just using that idea doesn't always, always translate. Um, it can be very, very therapeutic. I know 
practitioners who use this with huge success with their with their I just sounded like Trump they're huge huge it's gonna be huge (laughs) um lower uh, it can be it could be helpful to lower inflammation um to correct metabolic damage like insulin resistance leptin resistance it can be helpful with cellular repair um so the people that it work for it can work pretty great but there are also some downsides and this is especially true for women because fasting raises cortisol levels um and cortisol is a hormone and your sex hormones tend to follow cortisol around like kind of like a little lost puppy. So if your cortisol is wonky, then it can throw off your sex hormones. It's pretty like the most basic way I can I can say that. So um, I actually tried intermittent fasting. It was like around this time last year, just because I wanted to see if I could lower some inflammation. I was feeling really stiff and I was having insane brain fog. So I, I, um, I tried it out and it didn't really go so well for me. Um, I was just... I was just, I didn't feel awesome. And I actually got my salivary cortisol tested soon after I did it and it was high. So that indicates that I was stressed out. So clearly that wasn't appropriate for me at that time in my life. Um, so it just keep in mind that it can negatively impact the adrenal glands and thyroid hormones and sex hormones. Um, if you're interested in intermittent fasting, I think it's something that you need to work up to. I don't think it's a matter of just reading a blog and then like making a snap decision like tomorrow I'm going to fast or like start a detox program and be like, okay, Monday I fast. Monday is fasting day. It can actually be pretty traumatic for, for the body. Now, having said that, fasting might be warranted in certain detox protocols, but for First, you've got to make sure that you're nourished with the proper nutrients. And this is something that we'll get into more next week. So to sum it all up, for someone who is under stress, for someone that doesn't have a significant amount of weight to lose, and when I say significant, I'm not talking like 5, 10, 15 pounds. I'm talking people that have more weight to lose, Um, people who are showcasing signs of burnout, adrenal fatigue, cortisol dysregulation, these folks probably aren't great candidates for intermittent fasting. And honestly, you guys, um, this is probably like 90% of the people that I see in my practice, the people who need caffeine to get by or who tell me they're too busy to cook, too busy to eat healthy, um, moms who are maxed out, people working 60 hours a week, people who aren't sleeping well skipping a meal or going longer stretches without food might actually make these folks worse. Um, so it really comes down to blood sugar regulation and cortisol regulation, which are pretty intimately, intimately connected. So, uh, could work for some, but probably not, not all. Yeah. If you're a diabetic, um, you would definitely need to be careful about hypoglycemia depending on the meds that you're on. So if that's you and you do feel like you want to try intermittent fasting, you you just got to work with a practitioner to, um, so you can make sure that you're doing it safely. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, all right. So with that, I think that's like our longest show to date. Do you have any closing sentiments? I don't. You I never don't. do. You never do. I love do. everyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, like, Keep in keep an open mind when you listen to this. This is not a personal attack. It's just simply our our thoughts based on what we've read and what we've seen. Um, all right, you guys, we will catch you in next time. <laughs>
Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.